and welcome to episode 32 of the Feminine Uncut podcast. I'm Juana, your host, life coach and founder of thefeminine.com, a digital platform dedicated to women all over the world, a place where we champion a new paradigm of how to take care of yourself as a woman, the feminine way, and how to be the woman you admire the most. Why not? Why not be the woman you admire the most? And in this episode of The Feminine Cut, we talk about, well, something very important to us that keeps coming back and coming back no matter how grounded we are in our healing process, the healing of the inner child. Yes, the healing of the inner child. So yes, we're talking again about our little girls, inner girls and outer girls. And I know that you want this because you've given us constant feedback about going more in depth here. So let's dive in and um, explore more about this beautiful connection that we can establish in our psyche, in our life, us and the inner child. But before we start, I want to invite you into something pleasurable, amazingly pleasurable and very, very, very feminine, which is our free mini course we just launched. It's called Be Your Radiant Beauty and Shine That Beauty to the World. It's designed and addressed to offer you guidance, to connect you with your feminine energy, to make this process real and tangible, to improve your relationship with yourself and with your body, with your feminine energy, with men, and just kind of like give you a little bit of the ABC of what we do and also a daily practice, a daily set of rituals that you can practice and use to connect and nourish your feminine self. It's available. Just click on thefeminine.com slash mini course and it's yours for free. And don't be shy or selfish. Share it with a woman, a girl, a daughter, your boss, your neighbor, whoever you feel that would benefit, would love to feel pleasure and the feminine essence in their lives. So Yona is here with me and we're going to tackle our relationship with our inner child. We also have a story from a feedback from Laura, one of our uh, listeners, and I'm going to let Yona introduce herself and introduce Laura. Hi, Wana. Hello, everyone. I think it was time in the end to start talking more about the inner child. Uh, we addressed the topic of the inner girl a little bit more in the third pillar of the four pillars of femininity course, but as, um, as the inner child is one of your... Um, golden assets of the, your coaching method, I think it's time to let the light shine on it. So yes, we have a, a very thorough, I might say, feedback from Laura. She replied, in fact, um, at uh, one of our podcasts that were uh, episode 28, where we were talking about the challenges of womanhood and ask our listeners to send us feedback about what are their challenges. And surprise, surprise, Laura pointed out that working and healing of the inner child is, in fact, a challenge of her femininity. She says, I think a new podcast about working with inner child or adolescent would be helpful with more concrete aspects. And then she shares with us four specific challenges that she has. But before I go in depth into her challenges, which are very relevant for the topic at large, I want you to explain us why for Laura and for many of us in the same time, the inner child can be a challenge for our femininity. 
because most of our limiting beliefs reside in the inner child archetype, in the inner child aspect of our personality and of our psyche. We uh, absorb these uh, very unhealthy patterns, uh, habits, uh, limiting beliefs, your set of emotions that are more negative as we go through childhood because we're very vulnerable psychically, emotionally, psychologically. We rely on our parents and if our parents are not the best references or in relationship to us, they, you know, they're not coming from their wholehearted self and just you know, teaching us with no heart, in a way. The inner child feels abandoned, unloved, uh, deserted, disappointed, betrayed, and so on and so forth. So these impressions, these perceptions, this set of emotions that we carry become our reality, our inner reality. We develop as adults, we become very smart at what we do, and we become very knowledgeable and educated, and we tend to be amazing in the world, but yet our inner reality still is the inner reality of our inner child, of who we were as a child. And not only in this lifetime, in many other lifetimes. Some, some of us carry a particular set of themes that, you know, just until we resolve them, just we carry them from one life to another lifetime. So the inner child is very important because no matter how much we develop our mind, even our energetic capacity to, you know, explore, manifest uh, ourselves as God, in a way, you know, our God-like potential. We are, in reality, limited to what the inner child feels, thinks, and can manifest. And unless we dig deeper into that, we are stuck in bringing that vision for ourselves into reality. Just to be clear from the very beginning, for those who are new to the topic, the inner child is the same thing as the inner girl. I mean, yes. just tell us about how the inner girl and inner boy work and uh, can be both aspects of our inner child. Well, yes, it's um, the inner child is neutral because as children we are neutral up to a certain point in time, psychologically speaking. So uh, we can have many inner children that can be boys and girls. Of different ages. Of different ages, because, you know, sometimes in meditation, what comes up as the inner child is different aspects in our childhood where we got stuck. Mm -hmm. And the, our psyche is bringing them to light as a personification of a child. So if I'm stuck at four in my relationship to life and being able to be strong in life for whatever reason. I had a situation, my parents weren't there for me, I got stuck. And I felt emotionally abandoned and I really felt it like a trauma or an emotional wound. I experienced it in my masculine side. So a, a little boy is coming up in my meditation, mm. in my process to unravel, guide me into that situation, make me remember that situation, release my emotional uh, baggage, question my limiting beliefs that I set forth when I was four, and kind of like rely on this relationship to a whole new level to nourish love this boy, to make him grow up beyond that limitation and kind of like uh, rely on this nourishment and this relationship to manifest whatever I need right now in my life as an adult 
that is connected to the energy that I was exploring at four when I got stuck. So it's like a maturation of, of you know, what I was doing and being at four so that I can have that as a resource today when I want to manifest things as an adult. Okay, I will come back to, to the feminine aspect of the inner child. But uh, before we go through the specific challenges Laura writes us about, because they are very relevant. Uh, for instance, the first thing she considers to be a challenge is how she can show her true colors and uh, tap into her vulnerability. She connects it with her inner child and she connects it right. But why? Well, because the inner child is the most vulnerable part of who we are and he resides in love and he needs love more than he needs knowledge and teaching and guidance and information. And this is something in our educational system, whether it's coming from parents or from, from teachers, that is missing the most. We're not teaching or educating people with love. Love is not at the core of our core values uh, and core principles in how we guide children into the world. So we lack a developmental process in connecting with our emotions, in feeling safe in our emotions, in expressing our emotions without the fear of losing something or losing someone. So when we are becoming adults, we experience this inner conflict between, you know, so much uh, mind a very educated mind and a very uneducated emotional territory mm -hmm. mostly limited to child adolescent age so it's it's a conflict it creates a conflict mm -hmm. in our actions and you know we can see it or other people see it and um one of the things that we need to learn as children and nobody's teaching us and then we have to catch up with it as adults is that having emotions is safe mm -hmm. and expressing your emotions is safe and uh, expressing your emotions doesn't mean losing something it feels like that at the beginning so how can we protect ourselves and still be vulnerable and open and i think because i've, I've heard her, her feedback and i'm going to address the last thing she says because she says How can we have emotional autonomy and not rely mm -hmm. so much on others? And I wanted to pinpoint that now because it is connected. If we stop having the need for other people to show up when we are emotionally vulnerable in a specific way, to protect ourselves when we are emotionally vulnerable, to respond to our vulnerability in a particular way, to make us feel safe, if we stop having that expectation, and we protect ourselves and we allow ourselves to be brave and be vulnerable without the need for the other person to react a particular way. And if they don't react and they reject and they're shut down, it doesn't have to hurt us because it's not about us, it's about them. Mm -hmm. And understanding that and being vulnerably open because you want to live life intensely and you want to be a human that's alive, not dead. And you want to have that bravery for yourself, regardless of other people join the conversation or not, join the game, then you are giving yourself permission to be open. And you're not going to feel hurt because you're not having expectations. And you don't rely on others' feedback for 
to give you permission to be vulnerable. And if you understand that, then you are going to start engaging with your emotions without fear, expressing your emotions without fear, and step by step, uh, become a human that's vulnerable, it's secured in its vulnerability, doesn't need other people, and learns about who she is, and is able to communicate what she needs emotionally, and also access it through the people that are in her life, his life right now, or beyond. This connects, of course, a lot with both women and men. Vulnerability is a huge topic and something both men and women are very scared of. But tapping into our vulnerability or embracing our vulnerability can change the way we live our womanhood and our femininity. Oh, it's, it's a total uh, life changer because we need to have an open emotional body and self to be able to really access our feminine energy and our mature femininity. Uh, it's only when we open up to our emotions that our sexuality gets opened. That's why we need romance to open up as women. Because we actually need a safe container, uh, a very emotional, vulnerable, supporting climate mm -hmm. to open up sexually. And when men come and they don't create that with us, we feel abused. Because we are kind of like asked to open our legs before our heart is ready. The entity that feels abused is we as women or our inner girls or both? Well, no, I think it's we as women because as women, of course, both, but we as women in total, because we need to be emotionally open to open up sexually. And that's not just the realm of the inner girl, it's, it's how women function. Yeah. But the difference is how when we're trapped in the inner girl psychic realm and we are at the level of the inner girl how we respond to this. Yeah, that was my next question. So the difference is how we respond and how we act when we are trapped in our inner girl realm and haven't really developed ourselves emotionally and haven't stepped into a through a rite of passage into a mature womanhood and how we react to this when we are in our full embodied emotional self and we are connected with our emotions and we feel our emotions, we're not afraid of it, we're not afraid to express them. We're not coming from a fight mode with men. We're just confident and guiding. Can the you give us an example? Very specific examples, yes. The difference is huge. It's huge for them also. I was actually talking with my partner. We, we were uh, very intimately connected recently and um, sexually and emotionally. And I was really coming out of my uh, motherhood. I'm going to give you the woman perspective and then I'm going to be specific about the inner girl. Or both in the same yeah. time. I'm coming out of my motherhood and I'm very slowly opening up to my sexuality and my emotional self as a woman, you know, not as a mother. So it's a very slow process. And one of the things that I've really connected with and I was sharing that with him is that I don't want to rush it mm -hmm. and I don't even want to compensate with myself or with him for the the need to not rush it or for the lack of passion in our lives mm -hmm. when he looks at this dynamic he sees me traumatized after having a pregnancy and totally 
shut down or not shut down necessarily, but like, you know, a wreck after a bulldozer came after you. And he, he connected with that. And I, I actually asked him and I said, well, why do you say that? Well, because you're, you're not so expressed anymore. You're not so passionate. You're not so wild and loud. You were very wild and loud and very energetic. And I said, I don't feel traumatized. Like, of course, I felt traumatized the first four months physically because, you know, when you really give birth to somebody naturally, you are traumatized physically. That's like a, it's a status quo thing. It's like a reality check. You are traumatized, but the body heals. And I was like, I'm I'm not feeling traumatized. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to do the work for you anymore. (laughs) And it's not just you, it's men in general. It's like, like I felt this inside my body coming back to sexual life that before having a child, before having Anna, before growing up as a woman, in, you know, integrating my motherhood, I was relying on my energetic sexual resource, which is mine. I've developed it. I've nourished it. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with men, literally, yeah. you know. I played with them and we made love and, you know, we interacted, but it's my work. And I was using that to compensate for your lack so that we can have a good time for the sake of being pragmatic on both ends and kind of like guiding you slowly into becoming better at this. Right now, I'm not in the mood to do that. First of all, I don't have the energy. I need to really work more with loving myself, nourishing myself, coming back from this one year a long sleep deprived lack of energy process of feeding somebody ongoingly you know no matter how much you feed yourself she wants more so you're always on a minus and i really feel the need to nourish myself love myself as a woman it's very intimate womanly process it's not connected to men so i don't feel like loud i feel like quiet but i'm not traumatized i'm not shut down and i'm not wounded i just want you to understand that you need to bring more fire, you need to generate more love, you need to bring your masculine energy into the game, and I'll react to that. And he, he was like really open to it, and we, we explained it afterwards, you know, we were playing this game, and he kind of stepped up into it, and I was demystifying what happened so that he, he actually understands, so that he has a reference. And I said, like, you, in our relationship, in our dynamic, you actually have to generate more. It's your part of the process. It has nothing to do with me. And it's easy for me to step in and compensate. But then you were having two problems we're facing. One, you will never know how to get me. Mm-hmm. And you will think you'll know and you will actually won't know. So you're not going to make me happy on the long term. And I don't think that's going to work for you. Because at some point I'm going to get bored and disappointed. And then you really have a gap to measure and it's going to be hard. So just, you know, struggle a little bit and get right, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, understand that every single time we become intimate, whether it's sexually or emotionally, it's a, it's a new moment. It's a moment in time that's now, that's new now. So I'm a new woman now for you. It's not something you already know. Men and women are so stuck in, oh, I already know her. I'm just going to push this button and push this button and push this button and she's going to have an orgasm. Are you having an orgasm? Oh my God, what's happening? You're having a headache. No, you should have an orgasm because I pushed all the three buttons, you know, and that's how men work. And women 
say yes to that and they they fake their orgasms because you know it's easy and they fake their orgasms for two reasons one because they're trapped in their inner girl and they're afraid to step into the unknown and afraid to guide men into that unknown and tell men you're not really clicking my button right now it may have worked yesterday but i'm a different woman today i have different emotions you need to connect with me differently you need to come in your heart really come into your full passion be here with me in the moment secure me as a man and then open me up because this is how i function it's a very alive moment by moment process and my inner girl would have said yeah forget about it you know he's stupid he won't get it or he won't do it and he's lazy and men are fucked up and she will have gone into the disappointment and the resentment of men are stupid so just be pragmatic what do we want here we want to have fun let's have fun mhm we're having fun it's just me actually playing the whole game and of course you know i'm not disregarding their contribution or their input because you know i've really had fulfilling relationships with men and they were contributing but they were reacting to what i put in the space they were not generating this is amazing i'm just looking at you struck by the synchronicity and i don't want to to uh, get out of the topic we started with but i think this should be done as a topic of another podcast because no longer than yesterday i was having this thought completely in in another context and after 2 hours of me having this thought i was chatting with a very good friend of mine who is starting now to trying to date a guy and they went out they had a date and she gave me the feedback of course of the day after and she told me I'm just amazed by his lack of sensuality. <laughs> I'm just, I swear to god that's what what she said and she's not even into our work. I mean, she's not a follower of the feminine, but she simply used that word. And I was very triggered and intrigued by what she said and I asked her for some more in-depth details and she told me he's like simply just staying there and looking at me, expecting me to do all the work. But you know what? I'm not available for doing his work anymore. <laughs> But yes. Was, and I think this is really happening at the collective level. Probably is like the, the one of the first tipping points of this new revolution. Yeah, and women feel challenged. Coming back to Laura, women feel challenged because they don't have this uh, access in themselves, in their energy, and in their psychic to connect with the inner girl and the woman. They don't have the right of passage, and they can't make the clear distinction between the two. They can't bridge it. Mm -hmm. They can't bridge the woman. They're afraid to step into their womanhood. They know they should. be acting as a woman saying i'm not going to do the work for you step up mm -hmm. but that's just mental and the emotion and the energy is still trapped in the inner girl or the adolescent who's afraid to really go all the way through with that claim yeah and i think this, this or she gets yeah. stuck with it like she claims it he doesn't know what to do and they both get stuck exactly and it doesn't work if and you say what you think or how what you'd like or you just state your inner truth but probably with only 50% of your voice he then will start another topic that you have a problem and then you have to go you have a problem he will either disconnect and go with another woman which is like a big fear for women he's going yeah. to cheat on me or he will make you feel wrong for wanting more and make you feel weird that you want more and something wrong with you. Yeah. Because he is challenged in his unworthiness and in his lack of power. And it's very hard for him to open up and be vulnerable. Yeah. And feel safe being vulnerable saying, "Well, I really have no freaking idea what to do with you, woman." 
you know, nobody taught me. It's like boom, boom, boom. And that's the only thing I've learned in my porno show. So either teach me or guide me or whatever. He won't be able to say that because they're men live in a culture where that's just too weak. But if you can bridge the inner girl with a woman and you have access in your sacred circle around other women who have gone through the rite of passage, who know who they are in their sexuality, who have nourished their sexual energy, they have stepped into their sexual emotional map, inner map. That's another podcast, your inner map, it's sexual inner and map. emotional. It's a good topic. It's like initiating him into, uh, into my sexual emotional map, like stepping into my power as a woman, guiding the process, you know, and not being afraid of guiding the process. I don't have to teach him the process. It doesn't have to be a mental, rational mm-hmm. conversation. My body knows. My body will guide me and it will guide him. You know, I can guide him into what gives me pleasure and what doesn't give me pleasure and make it fun. And in that way, he takes it on as a game, as a play, and he'll play along. And he's smart and he wants to make you happy and he'll do it. And then, you know, after when an intimate space is created and you can share, you can just acknowledge him for what he's doing great come from there, build on that and say, what would you like more? And, you know, make it gameful, make it sexy, make it playful. But you need to have the confidence. And that requires the healing of the inner girl. Well, it requires not only a healing, it may require uh, time spent with yourself to build that confidence. It may require exploring yourself sexually with no expectation that the other shows up and delivers something so that you can feel. Because your lack of feeling has nothing to do with the man. Mm-hmm. Your lack of feeling is your lack of feeling. Yeah. It's you constricted in your traumas or in your wounds or just, you know, having your territory unmapped. Caressing your full body from head to toe with no agenda just to awaken the sensuality of your body. Awaken your sensual self, you know, caress the subtle energy of your body. Awaken the woman that you are so that you start feeling And we're coming back to the vulnerability. You need the vulnerability to feel. And you need to learn to protect yourself while you feel and understand that the other person's reaction or creation in relationship to you has nothing to do with you. But with him. With him. With her. Yeah. You know, humans in general. So it's like you're doing it for yourself. This is a very strong awareness. And then it builds up from that. And, you know, it's just... (laughs) The, the important thing is, and it's how we, we ended our conversation, me and my partner, it's not about the technique, it's about the lover's attitude, mm-hmm. right? It's an attitude, it's a way of loving that you are developing. And the best way to develop a way of loving is to actually do something that's not sexual at all, which is connect with your inner child. Through meditation, through ritual, your inner child is the best guide for you to understand who you are. I would like to end the podcast with a more specific practice, but we are having two more questions coming from Laura, which are very relevant, and I want us to go, you to go a bit through each of them. The second one is the daily triggers and the feeling that something is missing and something must be wrong. And she asks if working with inner child can help in reducing the daily triggers we have on whatever topic or area in our life. 
Well, yes, because actually, and I've seen it with a lot of adults, because I've, I've really worked with hundreds of adults with their inner child. And I've seen this, whenever we are emotionally disconnected as children, we develop this sense of anxious separation mm-hmm. from everybody, from our climate. And from what tribe? From climate, mm-hmm. friends, family members, father, mother, you know, intimate lovers. We develop this like a skin. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's like a, a skin that's wrapped around us that makes us ongoingly feel anxious and disconnected. And it's also in relationship to ourselves because we haven't really worked through our emotions. We haven't allowed our emotions to be while we were children. So something is wrong, uh, I'm afraid of something, is actually me becoming aware of this skin. It's a good step, it's a first good step, because you are becoming aware that this skin is enveloping you mentally, emotionally, energetically, and it's disconnecting you from all of life. Is what you perceive real? No. But it is what the inner child perceived when he didn't and he couldn't connect with his parents. So it was subjectively real, maybe objectively back then, Yeah. not necessarily connected to reality today. But the story sticks. The story sticks and you're subjectively into the story. So it's real for you. It may not be in reality, but it's real for you. Now, how do you transcend that? How do you shift that? Become aware of that. Understand that it's so in you that it's like a skin, it's part of your second nature. Become the observer of this skin and this very permissive, all-inclusive state of affairs called your anxiety. And really shower love on you. Caress yourself, massage yourself physically, shower energetic love on you and connect with, you know, whatever positive mantra you you mm-hmm. have that just says, I am safe right now. I am in love. I love myself. I open myself to life. Anxiety is just an emotion. I can be with it. I can breathe with it. Breathe from your belly with this pervasive feeling that just makes things wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm okay just the way I am. If a situation happens and it's not working towards my benefit, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's in a situation outside of me that's not working. Doesn't mean I'm not working. And slowly, step by step, through caress, through showering love energetically, through breathing, through talking with yourself positively, talking with actually your inner child, securing him, telling him, I'm safe, I'm loved. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I can manage. I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I may not be fine today, but I'll be fine tomorrow. It's a step-by-step process. I'm giving myself permission. I'm giving myself space. This skin will melt. It takes a while. It doesn't really melt very easily because you've built it in years. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. And everything works, like meditation, breathing, whatever type of process you do, just, you know, it keep will, going. Yeah, keep going and it will enhance your observer and it will bring you more into real present moment. I will make a personal sharing because it connects very well with, with what you're saying. But before that, Laura's last question is if, and I think it 
oh, your yeah, answer will yeah. be the same exactly because she asks if working within a child can also help us with healing self-judgment. And yeah, the self-judgment is the voice we absorbed that keeps the climate of the anxiety present. So we absorb the voice that criticizes us all the time. So the second skin that you said we developed is connected also with Yeah, it's connected with the feeling of anxiety and the permissiveness of something is wrong here or something is wrong with me and I'm afraid or I'm angry or I'm, I'm, I feel betrayed all the time. That's the feeling, that's the emotion. And then the voice that judges you is the mental aspect mm -hmm. of that skin. Oh. Oh. So it's like they're connected actually. So whether you're working with the voice by doing positive mantra, saying I'm safe, I don't judge myself, I'm happy in my own skin, I give myself permission, I'm loved. Whether you touch yourself or you shower energetic love on you, like a light love mm -hmm. that's coming, or you're doing whatever breathing, you know, meditation or ritual practice you can uh, do that feels right for you, you're actually coming from different angles in the same, the same core Emotional and rational. And mental, yeah. I wanted to close this podcast with uh, asking you to give us a practice. Probably you already did. So I will give a personal example which will serve also as a practice. For those who don't know, Wana teaches a one-year-long uh, workshop on healing and working with inner child. It's a live workshop happening in real life, but probably we will work out uh, an online experience as well. And after three years of struggle, I've just crawled through this, <laughs> through this one-year process, being very rebel and letting my inner girl sabotage my whole process. But in the end, I did it, and I consider myself a graduate. However, <laughs> because one I just said, it's a long-standing process. It took you 20 years to get here, and of course, it won't take only two weeks to reverse the whole engine. So I still had troubles with my sleep. This is like my famous theme. And um, she had this inspiration of telling me three weeks ago when I was going through a very deep crisis, when I should get up every morning, I should listen to, to some inner child mantras and music. And of course I didn't. <laughs> because that's why it takes is, so long for you. This is how I work, <laughs> but I, I I didn't not because I didn't want it, but because I swear I simply forgot. Yes, because I was it feeling to you a lot. I, I, yes, of course <laughs> I was feeling better and I forgot. Then one evening when I was showering, it just came into my mind because your words stayed with me, and they worked in the background. And one evening when I was showering, feeling better, I just had this thought of taking the phone and just playing those tunes every time I go to bed, like a ritual. And I'm doing this for three weeks, I guess, two or three weeks, like every single evening. And I'm feeling, even if I still have moments when I get up in the middle of the night and I'm afraid I won't fall asleep again, I'm just going back to not even playing the tunes, but only thinking about how I feel when I listen to the music. And I suddenly started feeling better. I mean, less anxious, less afraid of what's gonna happen. It's very difficult to talk about the process for, with somebody who didn't went through it, but it's not about understanding it. No, you're becoming stronger in your capacity to deal with the chronic negative traumatized uh, emotions that your inner child was uh, 
having yeah. and playing along in your life through this insomnia period. So he was just trying to heal itself by being insomniac, by trying to catch your attention. It yeah. took a while. <laughs> Hopefully we're getting there much easier. Uh, but it's like, yeah, it's just he needs the healing of a child. He needs the, the, the energy that children need, which is a lot of love, a lot of patience and a lot of emotional safety. And that beautiful song, we can share it with the whole world. It's from Shaina Nol. It's uh, how could anyone ever tell you you are less than beautiful, you are less than perfect. Yes, we'll put the link on the... Yeah, the comments of the podcast. So it's just like beautiful mantra for inner child and music. And they need that. They, they work through music. You know, children, when they come into the life, they first hear music and color. Yeah. And then they have the language. I think we have really have to put a, an end to this podcast. It's already long. But for sure, we're going to come back to the inner child topic because there's so much to explore about uh, how she or he can so much influence our lives. Yes. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Yana, too. And thank our inner children. <laughs> and thank you, Laura, for uh, giving us uh, yes. the incentive to make a podcast dedicated to the inner child. Yes, dedicated thank to you, people. Laura. And thank you to everybody who's listening and just share this podcast if, you know, you connect with other people in your life that you think the conversation could be useful for them. Thank you, everybody. Bye.